Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Red Pill Your Healthcast. My name is Dr. Charlie Fagenholz here with Lauren Johnson, FMP. And we're going to do another Q&A uh, episode this week. We we feel this is a good uh, a good concept because we can touch on, you know, five, six things uh, that people ask all the time instead of just doing one long episode on one topic. They each have value, but we've been really enjoying these and we've been getting good feedback. So we're going to keep going doing that unless we have a guest on. Um, so let's go down the list. We wrote down some of all the questions that we get all the time. And the first one that I wrote down is bacterial vaginosis. Uh, I get this question all the time. Lauren, uh, why don't you start it off and let's see where the conversation takes us. Yeah, I I think this is such a common issue for women. I used to work in urgent care. And do you know how many women see urgent care and media care centers for bacterial vaginosis and yeast infections? Tell us. I did a lot of vaginal exams during that time. I do not miss that part. I never wanted to do women's health. <laughs> and so I do not miss that part. Um, but because it was, it was a, it, yeah, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot to that, but bacterial vaginosis is super common today. Um, mm. you know, I think it has a lot to do with just our microbiome, just all kinds of messed up and, um, yeast. And I think it has to do with, um, just the immune dysregulation, like your yeah. bodies are just not able to handle the typical pathogens that we've been exposed to for many years. Just like, I mean, just like strep, like our, our body, we, I mean, it is an issue that we've all been exposed to and, but we used to be able to handle it better. So what would be your first, uh, go-to for bacterial vaginosis? Yeah, I, you know, if it's chronic, if you have it once or twice, that's one thing. But if it's chronic, I am going to treat it a little differently. Uh, clinically, when I find that people are, are prone to this, I find two things. Uh, one is I find there's actually a lot of emotional issues going on. You know, a lot of reproductive infections have a lot of trauma. It, it doesn't have to be sexual trauma, but it oftentimes is. Um, and so I find that there's a lot of uh, trauma that hasn't been released. And you got to think like, Think from bird's eye view, reproductive organs known as your private parts, right? So like the private part of your life that you're holding in and not expressing or letting go of your tissues. I think that uh, uh, comes into play here. And then I think from a chemical standpoint, to your point is the vaginal flora is like a gut flora, right? So our, if our floors are being attacked constantly, then we have dysbiosis uh, and biofilms is a big one. Mm. And so uh, if you have a chronic issue with biofilms, then you have infections that can last and last for a long time. And, yeah. and one thing I will throw out there as I talk about the remedies is a lot of times it's bacterial and yeast as what obviously is what you already talked about. And one of the most common things that will cause that is parasites because parasites will eat your good bacteria and cause bad bacteria and yeast to overgrow as well. So I wrote down some, some nutrient or some herbs and uh, number one I wrote down was berberine, which is golden thread. Which Some people yeast. say it again. Which goes after the yeast. Yep. Goes after yeast and it goes after small parasites. Yeah. Um, some people will do better with Malia Supreme, which goes after the large parasites um, and is also anti-yeast and anti-bacteria. They both are. Um, and then some other ones that I have found to for people to do well with are Olive Leaf Supreme, uh, again, my, it's my favorite antimicrobial cause pretty much everyone can use it, uh, breastfeeding kids, pregnancy. I'm fine with it. Um, and it, it breaks down biofilms as well. It's actually one of my favorite biofilm breakers and then black walnut, uh, because it's anti-parasitic antibacterial, 
uh, antifungal, antiviral, even though it's known as a supreme, uh, no pun intended, uh, supreme um, antiparasitic. Uh, but I've had some really good results clinically, personally with patients with golden thread and black walnut, uh, that combination. But all of those that I just threw out there are going to be my first ones uh, that I think of. Yeah, I would um, just make a note and see if you've changed feminine care products. And mm. obviously, like getting organic uh, tampons or pads or using a, a cup, you definitely want to make sure you're getting organic. The feminine care industry it is awful what women have been putting in there yeah. for many years. And we were, we didn't know we like, we, I, I didn't know. No one knew. Um, but that cotton, you don't want it to be like doused in glyphosate. And so getting yep. organic when possible, Rael is a good brand. Garnu is a non-woke company. That is a good brand. Um, those are, those are good options. Another thing. So Viva Ram is a midwife, um, and MD, and she is, she recommends making your own suppositories. She uses mm. some oils, um, some essential oils for that. I can put the re her recipe in the show notes, um, and that might be helpful for somebody. Um, there also are these vaginal suppositories that are like basically just vitamin C, and mm. that could be good because it's a good antioxidant. Um, so that would be helpful too. And then, like Dr. Charlie said, with blood sugar, I really think you know, Dr. Charlie has a video on this in his membership. So that would be a great resource for blood sugar. I think most people struggle with blood sugar issues, even though they don't have diabetes. Yes. Um, and so it is one of those things where it's like, it's like this like silent thing. Like you don't know, you don't necessarily know when your blood sugar is dropping or when it's high, if you're not having big drops, maybe yeah. with kids who get hangry and like adults too, if you get hangry a lot, that's your blood sugar dropping. You're probably on a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, but I would also say to just maybe check your blood sugar. Um, yeah. you know, I, I, it wouldn't be a bad thing to see, Oh, does this big smoothie bowl that I just made, does that badly affect my blood sugar? We're all different. That may not affect me, but that may affect you more. And so you definitely want to like, see what you're eating and then see what it is fasting. Cause if it's high fasting, then, you know, you might have, we might have to like, there's some cortisol issues. There is your blood sugar dropping and then a cortisol response. I think we have a blood sugar episode, don't we? So at this point, honestly, I don't remember all our episodes. I've been I trying think to think about that. I'm like, I think, like, I think we have this episode. Pretty sure we have this episode. We, I, I'm pretty sure we have a podcast episode. If we don't, then check Dr. Charlie's membership video on it because- <laughs> That is more, way more in depth anyways. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a lot of options. Oh, and vaginal ozone. That would be another option. Yes. So I was going to say, uh, we did that in our California clinic. Vaginal ozone was a great, like right here, right now, uh, mm -hmm. just pure oxygen into the vaginal tissue where microbes cannot survive in oxygenation or oxygenated states. Um, and to your point, they love sugar. And so if you have too much blood sugar and sugar flowing around your body, your microbiome is never going to stabilize, never going to heal. Um, the one thing I was going to uh, say about blood sugar, when I like how you said that a lot of us don't know we have it, and that's true. Here's the one question that I talk about in my membership video that everyone needs to answer. Do you get a change in function or energy with food? And the answer should be no. And myself included, I mean, this is how important blood sugar is and how prevalent are that... Um, that it's issues for many people. 
you should, the only difference with meals is you should feel full, but no change in energy. So if you have a change in energy, that means that your blood sugar wasn't stable enough to keep you energized. And then if you get tired after meals, then you can't handle uh, the blood sugar spike. So again, if you're listening to this, I can guarantee you that you're going to be like, wow, yeah, that's true. Whenever I eat, I get tired or I feel more energy, one or the other. Or when I'm hungry, I get hangry or lightheaded. Those are all blood sugar dysregulation uh, symptoms. Yeah. Uh, one question, though, would what if it, you're just eating a food that you're sensitive to? Wouldn't that be a correct less energy too? Yeah. So, so obviously there's that that happens. Okay. But again, that's another one where it's if you're eating the food you're sensitive to, it's going to deplete your B6. It's going to deplete your zinc. You're going to have a histamine response. Then you have an adrenaline response, which then increases your blood sugar. And yeah. then you have to have a, a, a insulin response to buffer it. So it, it all ties in and, and I cover all that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. It um, all is connected. One okay. other thing I was going to ask you um, about that midwife. Um, I have people use immune harmony oil in baths with the tea yeah. tree in there. And then I love iodine. Is that what's in those suppositories? Yeah. So it's thyme, calendula. Yes. Calendula is more of an herbal like oil. Um, thyme, lavender, tea tree, and then comfrey root powder, and then golden seal root powder. Got it. Um, that is going to be somebody who wants to make their own. I'm sure they have one pre-made. That might be something I'll look into and and I'll link it if I can find it. Um, well, that makes sense because Immune Harmony is thyme, tea tree, and lavender. Oh, then just use your Immune Harmony then. Yeah. And I can, I mean, you melt the, it's like coconut oil, cocoa butter, and you have to have a suppository like mold, which is, they're super cheap on Amazon um, yep. to make, like to get the mold for it. And then iodine's great too. Obviously yeah. it's the original antiseptic. So that's- great. Usually some people will do suppositories are nice. I've, I've had patients in the past do like douching with iodine and stuff is another big one in the functional med world. But um, all right. So the next question uh, is shedding, shedding by the COVID vaccine. However, folks, shedding has been around a long time. It yeah. does not only happen with the COVID vaccine. Uh, it happens with the chicken pox vaccine and, and MMR and all that type of stuff. But this one is different um, because it's not a live vaccine. It's correct. the spike protein because um, yep. the MMR and the chicken pox, those are live vaccines. Um, and even polio um, where the, there was, epi there was uh, situations where a child got vaccinated and then a parent or somebody else would get polio because it was a live vaccine and it shed onto them. Yep. Um, and there are, there's proof of that if you go look, uh, and they were actually like, they, there were some deaths because of it too. Yeah. And, and so, um, since 20, what, 20 or 2021, whenever the vaccine was released, uh, obviously we started doing some more research clinically, just seeing on patients and, and things like that. Um, and I, this is what I found, uh, on a, you know, someone can have different experience, but I found that it, after someone is vaccinated with COVID vaccine, that it sheds or they shed for about three weeks is the sweet spot. That's what I have found. Um, obviously, if they get boosters and all that stuff, it's another three weeks, another three weeks. Um, and so that is what I find. Um, some of the things that I have found to help it because you really, 
you can prevent it if you're doing these herbs, but again, it's not guaranteed because this is such a new animal in our society. Uh, but I have found that the two main herbs that help spike protein in people is dandelion and cat's claw. And dandelion is glypho X, which is good anyways, because it helps glyphosate, which is, you know, arguably an even bigger animal <laughs> than, uh, uh, I don't, I don't know if that that's a, a debate we can have between what's worse glyphosate or the COVID vaccine, yeah. um, probably glyphosate because COVID vaccine is somewhat controllable. You don't have to get the COVID vaccine. Um, but uh, time will tell because glyphosate has destroyed our society um, for it years is. now. So, uh, but anyways, Gly GlyphoX and Cat's Claw are my top two. What'd you say? Repeat that. I said GlyphoX and Cat's Claw Supreme are my top two to help with spike protein. Okay. Um, yeah, I saw a nutritionist the other day. Like, she was a board certified nutritionist just saying that this, like, this issue with glyphosate is not real. There is no proven studies or there are no proven human studies is what she was saying that it's yeah. the effects on humans. And I'm like, do we need really to do that? <laughs> um, and I don't think we can, because I think every single person has been exposed to it so much now. Yep. Like there's no way to, there's absolutely no way to have a human that has not been exposed to glyphosate at all. Um, at this point, maybe down, you know, but it would have to be somebody that's very, very, very um, like, a tribe tribal somewhere. Okay. Yep. So shedding is not a controllable. I want to reiterate our, uh, my favorite saying, control the controllables. Yep. We, we can't control this. This is going to happen in today's world. Um, this is something new in our environment. We were talking about that before we came on here. Um, we're still going to see the effects of it and, um, we do what we can, but we do not stress. Now, if I know somebody has recently gotten the COVID vaccine, I probably will be likely to say no. To see, like, yeah. to, to be around them. Um, that is a controllable, but otherwise, you really can't control it. You, I can't control who's in, who does tennis with my kids. I cannot control, you know, any of these things. And so, yeah. I grocery do stores, grocery stores is a big one. Yeah. You know, like, we're going to be, I'm glad you're saying this because we're going to be exposed to it for probably ever. And so, we got to control the controllables. Let's not freak out about this. Um, yeah. And it's good to have somebody who can test to see if you are shedding. Um, yes. I know you do. Do you, is it a specific technique that. Um, it, well, it, it comes from the one that, that really has dove into it is CPK um, with hand modes and just see it, really what it came down to was seeing these like insane inflammatory patterns from a hand mode standpoint. That just doesn't make sense where you're like, you know, like in, in CPK, the main technique that I use along with CRA, um, you scan how many disc inflammations there are in the body. So like, for instance, if someone has three or four spinal disc issues, right, we have discs in between our spinal, um, bones. Um, and so if you have three, four, that tells you there's a pelvic issue patterns along those lines, but we start screening people and getting 12 discs off. That's not normal. Something in our society had to change to give us that much disc inflammation. It's really just a measurement of neurological inflammation. But in our world, we call it disc inflammation because we're chiropractors, yada, yada, yada. Um, and so that's what then started uh, started making us think. And then there was companies that were making vials of spike protein and 5G tower vials and all these different vials. And then we would cross check with it. And that's how we start really discovering it. 
So, um, and the that vial is... is the frequency of these things. Like, I yeah, but before there's a frequency to all of these things. Correct. Correct. There's, you know, there's samples of it in a vial. There's homeopathic uh, equivalents of frequency to the actual substance. There's a few different ways of making those vials, but it's all frequency and imprints of whatever you're testing. Yeah. And I've seen the the power of that, like what my kids, like what they, what they imprint, what their frequency to imprint for and how that has changed them. And so I know it seems a little like different for some people, but just like know that there is a frequency that is measurable for every single thing and yes. it all impacts you. So, and I, I will you. say, I'll say one more, two more things before we uh, go to the next topic. Um, and one is a third one that I find that is, I've been saying it's my favorite supplement of all is black cumin oil from Vervita. That is natural ivermectin that helps get rid of uh, spike protein amongst so many other things. It helps your drainage, helps mold and mycotoxins, all that good stuff. Um, but uh, I will give uh, CPK credit. Um, there is two acupuncture points that you can use that you can rub for you know a minute or two a day uh, that you could just Google or DuckDuckGo. Uh, we use I use DuckDuckGo. Um, the the location of them. But this is what the two points that help to somewhat neutralize spike protein. And that is right small intestine 17. It's right behind your jaw and then left gallbladder 14, which is basically the left side uh, middle of your forehead. And you do small intestine 17 first and then gallbladder 14 second. And you rub them for like, like I said, 30 seconds to two minutes uh, each day or every other day. And that helps from an acupuncture standpoint. Okay. Okay. So you said Glypho X, cat's claw, black cumin oil, That's right. and then the acupuncture point and the acupuncture points. Those would be like where I would go if I had to choose, um, obviously acupuncture is so easy to do acupressure to yourself. Uh, but then if I had to choose, I'd probably go Glypho X and black cumin oil just because they do more, uh, they're more broad spectrum than cat's claw. Cat's claw is really strong. That's like my, if there is an infection, that's not going away, uh, something deep rooted cat's claw is my first thought. Um, I do use cat's claw for arthritis. I use it for heart health. Uh, it's a great herb, but I would say black cumin oil is by far the most utilizable across the board, safe for everybody. And Glypho X uh, obviously does glyphosate, uh, which is also going to help your health in so many ways that it's going to help you. But I also find the dandelion root in there helps with spike protein. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Next one. Uh, I'll let you start off with this one. Vitamin D drops for babies. Yeah. I mean, so this is, there's a lot of debate on this in the holistic functional medicine world. The functional medicine world would definitely be pro vitamin D. Um, mm. They are very pro vitamin D3, K2. And I, and I was, I started off in that world. Um, and I would say, yes, everyone needs, give those vitamin D drops to babies. And then I was like, wait, why were why are babies being born so deficient? Like, I don't, I don't believe God did that. I don't believe babies are born deficient. And so why do we need to give them a supplement right from birth? And so I started, and then I found out that vitamin D drops or vitamin D supplements deplete magnesium and that you need the necessary cofactors to be able to use it like vitamin A and K. 
And I just was like, no, I don't think, I don't think God did this. And I don't think, I think this is something that we're forcing. And, um, so I kind of said, no, well then we've kind of, and Charlie, I, I know we've, just, we've talked about this. Like it, it's just, our world is so different today than it was even four years ago. And yep. people are so sick and depleted. And I, um, I changed my mind. Um, and I think that it, there's a, there is a time and place. I think the biggest factor is what is mom's level of vitamin D. If Bingo. mom's level of vitamin D is fine, it's fine. It's fine in the breast milk. Yes. And what is fine for me, I would say like 50 to 70, maybe even 80. Um, mm -hmm. You don't want it over. You don't want it crazy high. Like you don't want it over a hundred, I would yep. say. Uh, but it is. And if you're autoimmune, you want it lower. You want it like 50 uh, or 60 um, because that, and I forget the, you don't want to activate it or something. I, I forget the reasoning. It, for that. it goes with, um, okay. uh, with T regulatory cells. I'll explain it in a second. Okay. So yeah. yeah. So basically if mom's vitamin D levels are okay, then baby's okay. Baby's getting enough through mom. So we need to make sure mom's levels are okay. All yeah. right, you go. <laughs> I, I agree with that hundred percent. I think, um, I've actually never done vitamin D drops for babies. I've always tried to get it through mom's breast milk. Um, but I am pro -vi taking vitamin D. I am. Um, I used to not be again, this is where, you know, it, things change as society changes, as your experience changes and your uh, experience with patients clinically. There are people who practice similar to me or uh, exactly like me who would say, no, I, I won't do vitamin D drops. You get it from the sun. I see where they're coming from, but I just don't find that society is building their health quicker than society is breaking them down. And so if I'm going to choose, I would take vitamin D in the form of cod liver oil or ADK, um, and some magnesium, get your gallbladder functioning, all the stuff that we've talked about. But again, as we, you know, there's, there's two other things that deplete as we age that a lot of people are like, well, you just take the cofactors to them. I just don't find that that society is healthy enough to just get by doing that. And that is stomach acid and glutathione. And I I'm starting to treat vitamin D the exact same way where I think we need to take vitamin D because what vitamin D lowers in the presence of inflammation. How many folks do you know that have inflammation? Think about it. That's why vitamin D is so low on blood work. That's why COVID exposed how everyone's vitamin D was so low uh, because of how inf uh, inflamed we are as a population. So I am pro-vitamin D. Um, I agree with Lauren, though. I wanted to get through mom's breast milk first and foremost. Um, but yeah, so back I, and next is when Lauren was talking about during autoimmune my functional range of vitamin D personally is actually a little higher, 70 to 90. And the thing about taking vitamin D is it regulates something called T regulatory cells. All that means is an immune cell that regulates the balance of your immune system. That's why they're called T regulatory. And what balances that are three things. Well, really, yeah, we'll go three things. Vitamin D, fish oil, and glutathione. And so if you don't have enough glutathione in your system because you have toxicity that turned down your methylation, you don't methylate properly, which again comes from toxicity. Um, if you don't have enough good essential fats in your system and you're eating too many seed oils and you're throwing off your essential fatty acid profile, 
Now there can be an issue because if you're if you're you know watching every influencer on Instagram or whoever saying you got to take fifty thousand IU's of vitamin D, but that's great. But if you don't have enough fish oil, you don't have enough glutathione. Now the T regulatory cells have a chance of becoming not regulated, and that's where um, Lauren is coming from. Is is that because we have to have that balance? Um, so I hope that clarifies that. Is that does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what we we talked babies mom, mm-hmm. getting it through mom's breast milk, and mom can take cod liver oil. Cod liver oil is has vitamin D and A. It it does not have a ton of it. So if you are yeah. super low, you may need like an ADK. Correct. Um, and so, and I would check your levels. I would, I would just want to know what your levels are. And so I know that means that you need to have a provider that is willing to check blood levels that you want blood tests that you want to check. And I just, I, I know that's always not always easy to find a provider willing to order that stuff. Um, but hopefully vitamin D they will be. Um, and then for adults, the ADK, the Vinci ADK, I, yeah. for children, I have been using the D3K2 from Thorne. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have like a liquid supplement that you prefer or do you just do cod liver oil? Uh, da Vinci labs makes a liposomal liquid. Oh, okay. For the ADK. Yeah. yeah they do make ADK in pill form, ADK in liposomal liquid. The, I think it's the exact same, uh, concentration too. That you would do for, and then for kids that are not breastfeeding anymore, that they could get some that way. Yeah. That and that and cod liver oil are my, my personal top two. Um, and then making sure that they're getting animal protein with animal fat in there because yeah. animal fat has vitamin D in it. Yeah, of course. Of course. That, that, that kind of goes without saying that one of those foundations that always has yeah. to be in place that we've, we've discussed many times on here. Totally. Um, all right. Next one, we have three more. So next one is chemtrails. Yeah. And I, I, we have a whole episode on this, so yeah. please go back and listen to chemtrails. Um, I've been getting a lot of questions on, uh, looking for research studies that prove chemtrails. Here's the thing. Science is slow. Logic is fast. It, to order to do a study, it takes millions of dollars. And there's nobody who's going to want to fund that study. No, There's no one in the functional med world who's going to be like, okay, here's millions of dollars. There's no one in the pharmaceutical world who's saying, um, you know, it's a conspiracy theory. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. No, I think they, they, like they can't admit fault, just like they can't admit fault for like healthcare issues because yeah. they'll get sued. Um, so like, this yes. is like this catch 22 that, that they're just not ever going to get out of. And so I, there are there, I don't know if there's no studies, no, like to showing the health effects, but there are, there is proof of chemtrails. Um, the government yeah. has admitted it. It's in, uh, if you look up geoengineering, if you look up cloud seeding, if you look up weather modification, I have wrestled in my mind about whether I want to post something because I feel like it will get, it will get flagged. Um, and so that's why I haven't, but yeah. there has been a lot more recently that have come out that where government and like, you'll see a news report of this weather modification, this cloud seeding. And so if you want to learn more, I mentioned this in the podcast, but the dimming is a good, um, it's a good documentary on it. Dr. Klinghart has done samples of after a, um, a plane and he found aluminum 
Um, and so that is the biggest thing that I want to communicate is that there is aluminum in that. And that is one of the reasons as well as injecting million billions of people with tons of vaccines. Um, but one of the sources of aluminum that we are just getting bombarded with is from this chemtrails because it's in the air. And so it's one reason why we want to have, you know, our homes be as clean as air as possible because we are breathing not great air outside. But I also don't want people to be afraid to go outside because that is super important too. Correct. Um, another one of how we talked about shedding, like control the controllables. Chemtrails is the same thing. Uh, aluminum's big. I find barium and beryllium as well in in uh, samples. And so uh, barium is what we use to attract radiation, right? In In imaging and stuff like that in the medical world. And we do a barium swallow for GERD and ulcers and stuff. So if you're breathing in barium, you're going to attract more radiation. If you are going to attract more radiation, then you're going to attract more metals to try to put out that radiation like lead. And now you're going to get lead toxicity. So it's again, it's a vicious circle. Um, But here's what I say is um, some quality uh, action steps. So uh, obviously a binder, Takasumi Supreme is a great one. Um, And then this is a time where I'll be like, okay, I'll use glutathione. And so I, there's three different glutathions I like to use. One's a spray, one's a pill, one's a liquid. So it satisfies everybody's wants. Uh, spray is my go-to is ACG glutathione. Uh, the pill, I use reduced glutathione from pure encapsulations. And the liquid is trisomal glutathione from Apex. All of those are in full script. Um, so those are, are two very good action steps, a binder and some glutathione. But from a methylation standpoint, the nutrient that helps uh, with sulfur seeding is molybdenum. And molybdenum is in circuitonic. So those are my top, glutathione, circuitonic, Takasumi. Yeah. Okay. I think that's- Anything else? I, that's... I just want to reiterate that when I see Kim Charles outside, I still take my kids outside. Yep. So like I, I get asked all the time, well, what if you see them outside in the sky? Yep. We're going outside. That is you. It is way more important for my kids to be outside and for me to not be stressed about it. Um, yeah. because They see me stressed all the time. Now they know what I like. Actually, I don't even know. They may not know what chemtrails are because I haven't. I'm just like, oh, you know, but eventually they will know because I will educate them. They will know what they are and they're not going to be scared of it. They're just going to like realize that it's it's an, it's there. We can't control it. And we move on. I 100 percent agree. Yep. Mental stress is the worst stress. So don't stress out more than you have to and just live your life and use these tools to uh, make you feel a little more comfortable. Yeah. Um, all right. Next one is rosacea. Get this question all the time. Um, I'm just going to go out and say what my clinical experience with it is. I always find that there is a spleen component um, and I find parasite components. So what I have used is three things. Malia Supreme, uh, black cumin oil from Bravita, and vitamin C, uh, which is either going to be camu, acerola, uh, and those are my top uh, three. And then some spleen support I like is immune armor. Yeah. I mean, it is amazing how many times you've said black human oil. I'm telling you. <laughs> which leads us to one of those next questions of what's one of the things that we give our children, uh, foundational yeah. things. But yeah, rosacea is super common. Um, and I think that you see it a lot in women. Um, Mm -hmm. right. Um, I think postpartum and and I think it has to do with some just deficiencies and the, they've been pregnant, their body is, you know, pulling on, um, 
and you've been more, you know, likely to more susceptible to infections during that time. And, and totally. so I think Malia is a, it's one of my favorite herbs. Um, I know that Noah's dad, uh, Dr. Michael Leibowitz says that's his favorite herb too. I, I, yeah. I use it. I use it a lot. And then, um, black human oil. All right. Yeah. And, and black cumin oil from, from a versatile standpoint, he had three supplements that supported the spleen, uh, Immune armor obviously has spleen tissue in there. And then the second one was circutonic, which you hear me talking about on I mean, Lauren and I all the time. And then black cumin oil. So they all three of those do support the spleen, but black cumin oil also is anti-parasitic, uh, anti-mold. Uh, it has a really good nutritional profile, which is why we're going to talk about it next. Um, but yeah, so spleen, parasites, low vitamin C, that's what I usually find with rosacea. Okay. Okay. Last question. Um, foundational support or, and, or supplements, uh, for children, Lauren, take it away. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't do a ton, ton, like every single day. It depends on what's going on. Like, obviously if there's something going on, we're going to be on more of a, of, of a protocol, but I definitely love things like reishi and camu. Yeah. Uh, and black human oil are probably, and then doing baths with like Epsom salt and oils are just so helpful. So those would be some of my, like, I would say go-to things as well as I know Dr. Charlie is going to mention, um, circuitonic or as yeah. well. Um, so in my experience, it's usually, uh, there's more of a, uh, preference, so to speak for circuitonic. Um, but I will rotate that with InspireCell or use them together. Again, Versendal uh, created them to basically be like one of each a day or, uh, for children and then like one to three a day of each for adults. Um, I find that Circuitonic is just um, the most foundational for whatever reason, um, but you're not wrong if you use both or rotate them off like I do. Um, I agree with Lauren with Reishi absolutely love reishi it's right it's it's an adaptogen for the immune system and it helps the stress of the system for adrenal so reishi is definitely one i'm trying to think of for my uh oldest daughter who takes her own supplements what what usually tests and and um from there so circutonic inspire cell reishi acerola um you just mentioned for vitamin c is a great uh liquid form from supreme for vitamin c uh, black cumin oil. Again, um, if I had to choose one supplement over anything for everybody, it'd be black cumin oil. Yeah. It has B vitamins. It has good iron. It has vitamin C. It has essential fatty acids. It's anti every infection. It helps drainage, um, balances blood sugar, heals the gut, it heals you from mycotoxins. I mean, I, I really think that is the number one superfood on this planet. And every year in practice, I think more and more that way. Um, love how Lauren mentioned the essential oils. I would say the two most common that I use with children for baths are Immune Harmony and Elite Harmony. Uh, elite Harmony is a mixture of all of them. So if you have to choose one, I would go Elite because it's a bigger bang for your buck. Um, but putting some Epsom salt with those is phenomenal. And then uh, back to glutathione, that ACG glutathione spray. If you're seeing chemtrails... Um, if, you know, their kids are eating their food sensitivities and they're picky eaters, it's going to deplete glutathione. So just replenishing that, you know, like a spray a day or every other day of that is great. Um, so that's that's what I wrote down. So just recapping, Circutonic Inspiracel, 
black cumin, vitamin C, reishi, essential oils, and glutathione, I think are really good foundational supports for children. Yeah. And I would say one more thing that I forgot to mention was uh, digestive bitters and or mm. enzymes. And I got this question and I didn't mention it to you before and I forgot. Um, okay. The question was, do you think that everybody is going to need HCL or digestive enzymes? And I think that most people do. And I think that the reason is because of stress depleting HCL uh, and who is not stressed in today's world. Like you can't yeah. live. I mean, and then what stresses the system EMF and all of the things that we're exposed to that stresses the system. So even if you don't feel stress, your body still is feeling some stress from all the world we live in. And then um, chronic infections deplete HCL. And so I just, yeah, I, I think that most kids could benefit from digestive support, whether it's in the form of bitters or uh, enzymes. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Definitely. Especially if the kids are eating their food sensitivities, one of the best way to help with that is to break the food down more efficiently. Um, and so enzymes, uh, I like the Claire Lab Therabiotic, I think they're called, or Therabiotic Vital Zymes. It's there, but yeah, Therabiotic Vital Zymes now. And, yeah, and they're, they're like chewable. The way they're taste. Um, yeah. Yeah, you can start with like a half because they are for twelve and up. But then I go to I went to a hole and yeah, um, just like one one chewable. My four year old takes like one to three, and she does great with there it. You go. <laughs> there you go. Um, uh, and, they, and but the only my but, only caveat is if you have a child that does have diarrhea often, I probably would not do a ton of enzymes, and but I would probably do like muscle testing or bioresonance tests because diarrhea is not common often. That's right. That's right. And, you know, Lauren and I had talked earlier in this podcast about vitamin D and glutathione and how, uh, I think we talked about it, unless it was just Lauren and I prior, but talking about how a lot of people will want the precursors to the, um, the nutrients. So like, you know, the precursors to glutathione, the precursors to stomach acid. And again, even my teachers will say, I don't like giving end products and end product means the final product your body should make. So glutathione, stomach acid. And I, I'm, you know, I'm fine with people saying that. I just don't find that that works clinically. I've treated thousands of patients. I, I treated from a high volume clinic for years. Now I treat a little more low volume, but when you start seeing a lot of people, you start seeing how dysfunctional digestive tracts are. You want to optimize that as best you can. And it does take taking enzymes. It does take taking glutathione because of how our society is going from an environmental toxicity uh, point of view and mental stress, which Lauren already said, turns down your uh, stomach acid, right? Cortisol being raised turns down stomach acid. So I am pro enzyme. I am pro utilizing them. Again, people in, in our field might disagree with us, but that's, you know, that's what it is. That's our stance on it. And that's just what we find clinically. Yeah. I, I wholeheartedly agree. It is just something that that's just, I mean, it just is. And so, and, and you'll find that most people do feel much better when they do start incorporating. Most people have constipation. I used to treat patients who they would, they would poop once a week. Like yeah. most that's, people, a, that's an issue. That's that an, is issue. an issue. That's an yeah. issue. Yeah. And like, or, the, you know, like enzymes are a part of that. And so that's not the only part. There's definitely not the only part, but like you, there are so much that people are holding on to and that they can't break down. 
And so we really need to support the gut. Um, and I think that enzymes and bitters and eating slowly and being present and all of that are are super important for our children to learn from us. Yeah. And one thing that just came to my mind when you said that, I'm glad that you brought that up about eating slowly. We need to smell our food. <laughs> I think that is a lost art. Uh, I'll never forget when I moved to California and the the person's clinic who I was working out of, we did dinner and he would always take the largest sniff of his food before eating. And I thought it was so funny. And it like him and I are uh, obviously really good friends and we just both sense of humor is it's like the perfect uh, mix, but he would just smell his food so much. It was, it was almost obnoxious and he was so right on doing it. And I feel like we just don't do it enough. When you, when you, smell your food that is a scent into your nervous system which tells your stomach we're about to eat let's create enzymes and so that's why when you walk into a house full of herbs and someone cooking you smell and you go wow that smells good i'm hungry that is your nervous system saying let's eat so smell your food make it look weird the weirder it looks the probably the better it's going to be for your <laughs> uh, nervous system and stomach yeah yeah, I uh yeah, I love that. I think we did a really good job of like going over some some good topics today. Yep. Let us know if you all like this type of episode. You can comment or give a rating and then or just you know send us a, a message in our inbox and we'll try to get to them. Um totally. <laughs> and yeah, um, as always, this is not meant to be medical advice. This is meant to be educational. Please speak with your healthcare provider before changing anything. Awesome. We'll see everybody on the next one.